All right, we're going to go ahead. Today, today, today marks the beginning of Passion Week. It's Palm Sunday, and we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And this whole event is recording in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But this morning, we're going to look at it from a perspective from the Gospel according to Luke. We're going to be in the gospel according to Luke and Luke chapter 19 verses 28 through 40 covers the entire story. But I'm not going to read all 12 verses because I don't want to bore you. And if I had a voice like Morgan Freeman, believe me, I'll read it to y'all. <laughs> if I had a voice like that, y'all get the whole Bible read to you. <laughs> From the glossary to the maps on the back, y'all will hear it. <laughs> But today, today we're going to be in Luke 19. We're going to read a few verses, verses 37 through 40, verses 37 through 40, Luke 19. Now he came near the path down the Mount of Olives, and the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Someone say seen saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd told him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Jesus answered, I tell you, if they were to keep silent, the stones will cry out. They praised in God. They turned up for God. The Pharisees saying, shut your people up, and God, Jesus is saying, if they be silent, the stones would cry out. And the subject I want to use for today is can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> can't stop, you'll see it on the screen, won't stop. I don't know about you, but God has been so good to me that when it comes to my praise, I can't stop and I won't stop. God has been so good to me when it comes to my thanks, I can't stop and I won't stop. God has been so good, I can't stop trusting him. I can't stop believing in him. I can't stop loving him. I can't stop giving him all the glory he deserves and I won't stop doing it. And I just want to ask, am I alone? Am I alone? Has God been so good to us? Scratch that. Has God has been better than good to us? That when it comes to praise, I can't stop praising him. I can't stop loving him. I can't stop trusting him. I can't stop giving him all the thanks because he's been so good. He's been better than good to us. Can't stop, won't stop. Say, can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Today we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And this is not his first rodeo. He's been to Jerusalem before in the past. In Luke chapter 2, it says how Jesus' parents took him to the Passover every year. Every year until, some, until something happened when he was at the age of 12. He was feeling himself a little bit. <laughs> at the age of 12, they took him to the Passover. And after the Passover, somebody decided to stay in Jerusalem while their parents left. And then they went an entire day's journey without noticing that Jesus wasn't with them. Now, before y'all judge Mary and Joseph, some of y'all have left without knowing that Jesus wasn't with you. <laughs> some of y'all left church 
and went to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and went six days leaving Jesus behind, and you came back to get Jesus on Sunday. So don't judge too quickly, okay? <laughs> but they went an entire day. Then they turn around and start like, oh, snap, we lost somebody. And then they went to Jerusalem, and they searched three days for Jesus, and they couldn't find him. They finally found him. And then Mary was, of course, upset like a mother. Like, how could you do this to us? Me and your father was anxiously looking for you. And he was like, well, how was y'all looking for me? Can't you see I'm about my father's business? Then next, you know, Mary, they said she hemmed him up and said, who you think you talking to? <laughs> I just assumed that happened because for the next 18 years, we ain't heard nothing. <laughs> You know, when you show out, your mama ain't going to take you back to a place embarrassing her. And so we ain't heard none for 18 years. So long story. So this, this isn't Jesus' first time in Jerusalem. So he's coming to Jerusalem, and this time it's different. It's different. This time he's entering Jerusalem as the humble king of peace, hence riding on a donkey, because a donkey symbolized peace. And the donkey he was riding, side note, was a donkey that never been ridden before. It was a donkey that was bound, that was tied up, that was chained. But Jesus went out his way to unleash him. Jesus went out his way to unbound what was bound. Jesus went out his way to break a chain that was holding on to something. Jesus went out his way to unleash what was chained up. And that's another reason why we can't stop, won't stop, because Jesus will go out his way to break some chains, to untether us from things that's been holding us bound, to unleash what's been keeping us tied to, to unloose us. And it's time if Jesus will go out his way to release us like that, we can at least go out our way to release what we hold in as bound. And that's our praise. A lot of times our praise is bound and we need to release it. See, a lot of us, I heard, and it tickled me a little bit, a lot of us are spiritually constipated. <laughs> we, <laughs> we hold it on to something that we need to release. We hold it on to some praise that we need to release. We hold it on to some thanks that we need to release. And if we don't release it, we are constipated spiritually. And so if Jesus would go out his way to release what was bound, we can at least go out our way to release what is bound. And that's our praise. That's our thanks. Because he deserves all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And I want to ask you, how often do you have a praise movement? How often do you praise? How often do you release your praise? How often? How often do you only release praise when things are going good? See, true praise come when life is hell. I think Bishop said a few weeks ago, you could experience life in hell on earth. When life is hell, life is chaotic, life is like, you know, my life is like a whirlwind. When your life is just turning all over, and that's, and I want to ask you, do you release your praise during times like that? Do you release your praise when times are just going crazy, things are not going your way, and you don't understand what's going on because life is life and we're not going to understand everything? And do you release 
your praise, because true praise come when life is chaotic. That's why David says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and at all times his praise will be on my lips. How often do you have a praise movement? So arriving on a donkey symbolized peace, and that's what Jesus showed up with, because the opposite, arriving on a horse symbolized rage and war, and it set a hostile tone. See, so Jesus showed, so Jesus showed what type of king he was, what type of tone he was setting, but how he showed up. Because how you show up sets the tone. Your appearance set the expectations. What you show up with set the expectation of what to expect. How you show up creates the atmosphere. See, a lot of us get mad at the the atmosphere, but you helped create that atmosphere with how you showed up. Your presentation sets the mood. You see it all the time, especially, you know, in relationships. You want to set the mood on a date night. You got the candles. You got the rose. You got the flowers. You got the chocolate. You got the beverage of choice, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and you setting the mood because how you present sets the mood. And so Jesus showed up with a donkey and it set the mood of this is what to expect and you ever had somebody like you have a positive environment and someone show up that's negative and it just changes the whole atmosphere of the room and then they come in like why y'all dead in here it wasn't dead before you came in here it was live but something about what you brought into the room changed the atmosphere of the room of the room. Now, I remember, I remember, I remember a few years ago for the George Floyd protest in Kansas City. I went during the daytime. It was a peaceful protest. The families was there. My, I took my family. We all there at the George Floyd protest in downtown Kansas, well, it's Kansas City area. And then a group of people showed up with army guns saying they're here for peace. But they turned what turned, they turned what was a comfortable environment to an uncomfortable environment by how they showed up. And they couldn't understand why people was upset with them on what they brought. And because they was like, we come in here for peace. But they said, no, 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 because what you carry in does not signify peace. And it's hard for me to be comfortable next, standing next to somebody that's got that on them. Like, yo. You now created an uncomfortable environment and you mad at the environment you created because you showed up with what you showed up with. How you show up sets the mood and Jesus showed up on a donkey. And here's the crazy part about how Jesus showed up. He showed up as a wanted man. It was a price on his head. John, John chapter 11 says, Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a command that if anyone knew where he was, he should report it and they might seize him. There was a price on Jesus' head. He was a wanted man. And I don't know about you, but if I'm a wanted man, if I'm trying to duck the FBI, the IRS or somebody, I'm, not, I'm going to move quietly. But Jesus showed up in the most public way possible. He wasn't ducking nobody. He wasn't scared. Jesus showed up like, look at me now. Here I am. 
Jesus showed up like, hello, is it me you're looking for? Because <laughs> I'm here. And when I think about how Jesus showed up in the crowd, the attention and everything, I can't help but think about Prince Akeem and coming to America when he showed up <laughs> with all that jewelry and stuff on and everybody in New York could like, what's he doing? <laughs> Just looking at him. But that's how Jesus showed up. He was a wanted man, but he didn't care. He showed up in the most public way possible because he knew full well what awaited him. He knew full well what was waiting on him. And he knew something that a lot of us need to know. He knew that he had to endure the cross before receiving a kingdom. He had to endure the cross before receiving the kingdom. So Jesus went. And we need to understand that a lot of us want the kingdom without the cross. A lot of us want the promises of God without the cross. We don't want to endure the cross, but we want the benefits of it. A lot of us want benefits of hard work, but don't want the hard work. A lot of us want benefits of sacrifice, but don't want to sacrifice. We want the benefits without putting in the work. We want the kingdom without the cross, the promises without the cross, but we first must endure the cross because the cross is necessary. The cross is necessary. We hear that, 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 that verse that a lot of people love saying, pick up your cross and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. But that phrase, a part of that verse, has been confused because a lot of people tie that across to a burden. Saying that pick up your burdens and follow me when that's not what Jesus was saying when he said take up your cross and follow me. He wasn't saying, he wasn't saying cross is a burden. Because if you read that total verse, it says if anyone come after me, deny himself and take up your cross and follow me. So it comes with denying yourself. So it comes with putting to death some things in your life. So that's what the cross, the cross means putting something to death which means sacrifice. What are you willing to sacrifice to follow Jesus? What are you willing to sacrifice to receive what God has for you? What are you willing to sacrifice? Because the cross is a symbol of death. So the verse means put to death, which is like absolute sacrifice, because following Jesus costs you something cost you something. His promises cost you something, but we want the benefits of the promise. We want the benefit of what God is speaking on our life, but we don't want to pay the price. And I want to say, what are you willing to put to death to receive what God has for you? And we don't like that word sacrifice. Like I said, we want the benefits, but we don't want to sacrifice. You want marriage, but don't want to sacrifice or put to death your single ways. You see that a lot. People get married, don't want to sacrifice that thing. I still want to be out here doing what I need to do. Like, brother, you don't need to get married then. You want the benefits of a healthy body, but don't want to put to death that poor diet. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying we want the benefits of it, but don't want to sacrifice like, uh, you should do it more than just Lent. A lot of people give up poor diet for Lent, but then right when Lent is over, them big meals coming back. 
He was like, I did 40 days. <laughs> I, I did 40 days. And it's June, and you write back, like, I ain't ate right since Lent. <laughs> but we want the benefits of the sacrifice, but we don't want to sacrifice what we need to sacrifice in order to receive what we're trying to receive. Jesus knew that for the kingdom, he must be put to death. He was the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. But the key thing is sacrifice. The key thing about sacrifice is putting to death something that we want to keep. Yes. 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 That's what it is. Easy to sacrifice what you really don't care about. But well, true sacrifice comes when you really want to keep it. Like you can't, you know, like you can't live without it. Like a lot, you know, you get like we say we in Lent, you gave it's easy to give us something you don't care about. You know? Like I don't really eat bread like that. So me giving up bread doesn't mean anything. But if you say I need to give up some cereal, I'm like, well then, that's a sacrifice. I love me a bowl of cereal. But it's something that you really want to keep. That's what a sacrifice entails. What do you want to keep? It's something that you cry for, something you pray for, something that you've been fasting for. You finally get it, and now God is saying, give this to me now. And now you're like, well, (laughs) you know how hard I wanted this, God. I I waited all my life for this. And think about when it comes to ultimate sacrifice, think about Abraham and Isaac. Yes. Isaac, they wanted, come on, that cost them a lot. Yes. Pray for Isaac and wanted Isaac. They finally got Isaac and God is saying, bring him to me. Yeah. And a lot of times God just want to test you and see if you're going to really do what I, I want you to do. Yes. Because right before Abraham almost, you know, sacrificed his son, he said, wait a second, play. I was just trying to see. <laughs> I was trying to see what you're going to follow through. You proved to me it was going to follow through, so go ahead and get that ram around the corner, and we're going to be good, all right? And I want to say, are you willing to sacrifice your Isaac? What's your Isaac? What is something you really want to keep? What is something that God is saying, hey, I need you to give this to me. I need you to put to death your, uh, you know, your, your will. Like a lot of us have plans for our life and we, what we want to do, and how we want to do it, and the timeline, and God's saying you need to put that to death and follow me. Put your plans to the side. This is what you want, yeah, but this is what I have for you. And that's what the sacrifice comes in. Our uh, plans are big, because we've been taught to plan. We've been taught to have a future for ourselves and plan it out. In high school, start planning in colleges. You start having it when you're in college, start planning life after college. Yeah. Or when you're in high school, start planning for life after high school. Yeah. What you going to do? Trade school, college. What you going to do? Community college. What you going to do? Four-year institution. You're going to do PWR, HBCU. What you going to do? And you stand there just trying to plan every single thing. But a lot of times, God will go ahead and you got to pivot. Yeah. You got to pivot. I had life after high school planned. I was going to be a baller. I was going to be a hooper. That's what I was going to do. But (laughs) stuff happened. And if I didn't put to death my plans, I I would be a 31-year-old still trying to make it in the league. (laughs) You see, I'm like, come on, y'all. It's over. Our time is up. (laughs) 
I'm not about to play in no police league. I'm done. (laughs) But we have to be willing to sacrifice what we are willing to keep. And that's what it means by put to death, take up your cross. Jesus had to endure the cross. And Jesus showed up to Jerusalem, and the crowd is going crazy. The crowd is going bonkers. The crowd is going bananas. Whatever word you want to use to describe, that's what the crowd has turned up. They're rejoicing for the humble king of peace. Because it's nothing like when peace walks in. It's nothing like when peace enters your life, peace enters your situation. I don't know about you, but it's something about the peace of God that really makes me feel good. And a lot of times I can't stop praising him. I won't stop praising him because of his peace. Peace, 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 peace. peace. It's so much hell going on in this world. And I'm learning money is not everything. If money was everything, celebrities wouldn't commit suicide. But a lot of celebrities ended because of peace. All that money in the world. People are like, I don't understand. All that money in the world. That guy living in that house, they not at peace. Because money can't fix peace. When your life is going crazy, or look, and you, you don't have good health. Things are not going good. Your kids acting up. You can't sleep at night. All that stuff plays a part. And you sitting there like, and nothing like the peace of God. The peace of God entering your situation. And let's just take a few seconds to praise God for his peace. Praise God for his peace. I can't stop praising him. I won't stop praising him because of his peace. And when I think about peace, I still remember how his peace wrapped his arms around me in six, well, going on six years, 2016, where I was at the darkest times in my life. Life was like going crazy. I didn't know what to think. And I sat there and I said, I can see why people, if I didn't have the faith that I had, I could see why people would be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I I tried this God thing. I'm done. Because a lot of times, a lot of times that stuff, we're not at peace because we don't understand what all is going on in our world. We don't understand why God did what he did, why his hand moved the way his hand moved, and now we're not at peace. And I wasn't at peace for a while. Like, that was a crazy, 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 crazy time, yo. Crazy time. And when I sit down, I really think about it. Oh, my God, thank you for your peace. That's peace that surpasses all understanding because... I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't understand what was happening. It was confusing. Have y'all been confused before by life? Don't understand why he did what he did. Why would you take her life, God? If you didn't want us to be together, just say it. I mean, can we keep it 100? That's how you feel. If you didn't want us to be, I could have, okay, cool. Look, this is over. You didn't have to do what you did. But he blessed me with his peace because there's nothing like praising God for his peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding and protect your heart and protect your mind. Because when you don't have peace, your mind and heart will be attacked, 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 attacked. And when your heart and mind is attacked, your behavior changes. 
See, a lot of times, people are like, why are they acting the way they're acting? It's because their heart is under heavy warfare right now. Their mind is under heavy warfare right now. You have to really understand. If you went through what they went through, you probably would be under attack too. If you didn't have the faith that you had, you would have gave up too. Everybody have different levels of faith, different level, oh, areas they are in life, and people may not be as strong in faith as you are in strong in faith. So you judge, you know, how they responded to the warfare when you would respond the same way. If, you, if your great-grandmother didn't put you in church, you would be responded the same way. If, you didn't, if your family didn't put you in school, in Sunday school, Bible study, and you didn't have the faith that you had, you would have been messed up too, jacked up too, crazy too, because you're trying to figure out what this thing of life is all about. Can't stop, won't stop. They're praised. There's, a po- there's power in remembering what God has done for you. There's power in remembering what God has done for you. So if I ever feel spiritually constipated, and I could just remember on how what God did and how he brought me through in 2016, and that deserved praise all by yourself. Remembering what God has done for you. I mean, growing up, one of the phrases I, I always remember Bishop saying is that if you have a thinking problem, you have a thinking problem. If you have a thinking problem, you have a thinking probably because when you sit back relax and chill and think about the goodness of the Lord you can't help but praise him you can't help but say thank you and so when it comes to can't stop won't stop he just been he done many 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 good things in my life can't count them all one of my favorite songs is Many, Many Miracles. One, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. I lost track. <laughs> one of my favorite songs out right now, you just say, I just keep, I count one, count two. Next thing you know, you just lost count on what God has done for you. What well, God, there's power in remembering. Power in remembering the goodness of the Lord and all that he has done for you. All that he has done through you and all that he's doing for you right now going to do for you in the future when you sit back and think about that you ever been in a situation in your past and you feel like I don't know how I'm going to get out of this and now look at you out of it (laughs) you sitting there like I don't know like September 16, 2016, I was sitting there on my, on my friend's floor, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And now look at me, six years later. I mean, I'm out. It's still there. Like, here's the thing. Trauma doesn't go away. Trauma is going to be there, but you just now know how to manage it a little well. See, when trauma first hits, you don't know how to manage it. That's where life can get crazy. But that peace of God and God on your side, he'll help you manage it. He'll help you manage that trauma, help you manage that pain, help you manage that, that, that life-changing experience that you went through. He'll help you manage it. There's power in remembering. Power in remembering. And a word that comes to mind right now is sustained. How God will sustain you. Through all things, he will sustain you. And I can't help. I think about that. 
how God sustained me. He blessed me during that time. Just when I thought that this was it, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how I'm thinking I'm about to be single forever. I'm about to be alone forever. And now I just want to sit here and thank God for who he brought into my life. (laughs) Thank God for blessing me with a beautiful wife, blessing me with a beautiful daughter to partner up with in life. And now I can look at look at God. Just when I thought it was over, I mean, come people like, well, brother, you was only 26, 27. Yo, when you impacted like that, you don't know what to think. (laughs) When your life hit like that, you don't know what to think. So young, yeah, I had faith, but I had never been tested like that before. (laughs) A lot of us have faith, but let's see how that faith stands when storms come. Let's see how that faith stands. A great indictment against much of our praise is that a lot of times our praise is mindless, meaning that we don't really have any specifics in mind on why we praise in God. So because so if you truly know what to praise God for, you can answer the question, praise God for what? Like you ever pray, hey, praise God, like what you praising God for? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know what you pray? Nah, I just, you know, every day said praise God, I'm praising God, I don't know. Well, you should know something. God has done something in your life for you to answer the question, praise God for what? You know, they say turn down for what? Praise God for what? You, can, you should be able to answer that question. Praise God for what? And praise God for sustaining you. Praise God for keeping you. Praise God for making a way out of no way. I praise him for that. And this is my name. Now, when I was thinking about this whole message, y'all like y'all enjoying this message? Y'all enjoying this message? Yeah, because yeah, I was enjoying it too. I was preaching this uh, a few days ago in the shower, and next thing you know, next thing you know, the whole power of the block went out. I know. I was scared at first. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> the purge about to happen. <laughs> But I was sitting there like, hey, this happened when I was, I was preaching. I was going hard. And the next, you know, the whole power of the block went out. And I said, okay, this is powerful right here. <laughs> I just don't want the power to go out and it's to be streaming. And nobody got time to panic right now. <laughs> so I'm glad it happened a few days ago. But in great indictments that we don't know, you should a- answer the question, praise God for what? And a lot of us, especially now, this is for all the seasoned saints in here, you have to think about this one. You need to praise God for sustaining you and keeping you through all the dumb stuff you did in your past. <laughs> the dumb stuff, the stupid stuff, because when you're young, dumb is fun. <laughs> Come on, when you're young, you do, I don't know why I did what I did. It was fun, though. <laughs> Some of us like, I had a fun time. It was stupid. And you have to praise God for now, for now, for keeping you through the dumb stuff you did. Some of y'all are like, I don't know how jumping off the swing at the highest peak. I can't do that now. <laughs> you sitting there like doing all the dumb stuff you did. Because when you're young, dumb is fun. And when you're young, you seem indestructible. Like nothing can break you. And you do a lot of dumb stuff. Because when you're young, dumb 
is fun. I still remember. So one of the dumbest things I, I did, you know, when I think I was in elementary school, I loved bikes, like BMX. If y'all watch ESPN, X Games, or see them freestyling on the bikes and the ramps, I love that type of stuff. Always wanted to do that type of stuff. Now, I don't see a lot of black people doing that, but I wanted to do it. <laughs> My mama got me a mongoose, had two pegs on the front, pegs on the back, and I had a, a friend down the street, a white friend. He was like, I'm about to teach you how to do all He knew how to do all that stuff. He knew how to do the wheelie, you know, bunny hop, um, bar span, tail whip. I know that's all. He knew how to do all that stuff. He's like, I'm a teacher, so he taught me how to do some of the moves. I'm like, cool. I can't wait to do, do this for real one day. I want to. I, I didn't realize he was putting me in an AP class. I thought I was doing beginner stuff, but he was like, okay, now at the end of the week, we're going to build this big old ramp. And we built a ramp at the end of like a huge hill. And he said, you can go down this hill as fast as you can. When you get on that ramp, I need you to do a bar spin. I said, I could do that. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I could do a bar spin. Now, for those who know a bar spin, when you up, you just spin the bar around one rotation. You grab it all in air, and you land. You're supposed to land safely. <laughs> and so I went down. Oh, I got the whole, like, my brother with me, my next-door neighbors, all that stuff. We all, I said, I got this. I went down, and when I hit that ramp, I got so high in the air, <laughs> I like held on to the bar like this, and then I fell hard, like everybody was concerned, <laughs> and I was rolling, I rolled for a while, and I sat there, I'm like, I know something is broken, <laughs> I know this is it, this something is broken, but I got up, and I was like, oh, whew, thank God, because that was stupid. <laughs> That was some, I walked away safely. And I said, he said, you want to try again? Nope. Nope. Because <laughs> I ain't going to get lucky that second time. I'm going to break something. But I was happy because the damage of that dumb decision was not as it should have been. And a lot of us should be thanking God because the damage of that dumb decision <laughs> was not what it could have been. It could have been much worse. That impact of your decision, that dumb decision you made in your past, could have been much worse than what it could have. And you just have to take a second and thank God for that. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Because that was a dumb decision. You had fun doing it. And it could have really impacted you in a much greater way than it was. We need to thank God. Thank God. We think about a lot of things you thought was fun back then. And you're like, whoo. Thank you, Jesus, because that could have ended much differently. That could have ended much differently. You went to that environment, and that environment, that visit could have ended much differently. You had a dumb decision to mess with her or mess with him, and that decision could have impacted you much differently. You decided you was good after, you know, a few drinks to drive home. And that decision could have ended much differently. And you need to, because a lot of us done, we're not perfect. We've done some crazy, stupid stuff in our lives. And it could have ended much differently. But by the grace of God, it didn't. By the grace of God, it didn't. He didn't have to do it, but he did it anyway. 
And so when you, you know, so I, you can't stop praising him and you shouldn't stop praising him and you won't stop praying when you think about all the stupid stuff he brought you through. Yes, yes. Things that you put yourself in. See, a lot of times we put ourselves in our own situation. We like, God, why did you know you did that to yourself? You brought that on yourself. We have the gift of choice. We can choose things. God doesn't sit here and just puppeteer us and we start doing everything. No, we get to make a decision. You're going to go to this or you're going to do this. You decide to do this because that was boring. And then now you're upset with the decision you made. When you brought yourself into it. But we serve a God that by the grace of God, he can get you out of what you put yourself into. And they, there's power in remembering. As Jesus passed over the Mount of Olives, they began, it began his descent into Jerusalem. It said the crowd praised God for all the miracles they had seen. They had seen, they had seen. The Gospel of John reports that the miracle they're pretty much referring to is the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead because it recently occurred out of Bethany near the beginning point of the triumphal entry. So there's power in what you see. See, hearing is one thing, but seeing is another. And I say that all the time, there's power in what you see. Hearing somebody is crazy is one thing. Seeing the crazy in person, like, yo... They are crazy. I saw it with my own eyes, man. <laughs> Hearing is one thing, seeing, and they say they saw for the miracles they had seen. So the praise came from them seeing Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. That was power in remembering. There's power, and so they're praising God, and we should praise God on him having the power to resurrect what we thought was dead. And we have had situations in our life where we felt like it was dead. Felt like it was counted out, but Jesus resurrected it. Because Lazarus was dead, was dead, dead. Like after, you know, Jesus showed up on the fourth day because after three days, they saying that the spirit is no longer, they dead, dead pretty much. But Jesus showed up when everybody thought he was dead, dead, and he brought Lazarus back to life. And it's times in our life where we feel like what we dealing with is dead and we need God to bring it back to life you feel like your confidence has died and you need your confidence brought back to life that dream you had that vision you had you some of us felt like the your marriage is dead and you thank God for him resurrecting your marriage (laughs) resurrecting your self-love, your self-esteem. Like, a lot of, like, it is crazy right now how the world is struggling, especially the, the you know, gen, you know, you got the Gen Y, millennials, we got the next generation, Gen Z, struggling with self-love. And self-love is dying, yo. It's dying because of technology. That's, you know, that's the biggest piece of it. We're not going to dig and look too deep in that, but that's the biggest piece of it, how self-love is just dying. Self-esteem is just dying, and we're just doing anything and everything that somebody's telling us to do, even when we don't respect ourselves. And we need to ask God, hey, God, if you see your kids struggling with self-love, God, bring their self-esteem back to life. Bring their self-love back to life. The power in remembering what God has done for you. 
You can't stop. And they, the people, the, te- the Pharisees are like, hey, tell your people to chill. Yeah. That's right. And Jesus saying, can't stop, won't stop. Yeah. They not going to stop. Because if they do stop, the rock's going to start. <laughs> so this praise is not going to stop. And so because the enemy wants you to stop praising God because when you praise God, hell gets nervous. When you praise God, demons tremble. When you praise God, people, the enemy is uncomfortable with your praise because when you give God praise, it's saying that he's losing. The enemy is losing because your attention is on the goodness of the Lord. Your attention is on, the, is on God's grace and God's mercy and not on all the hell that Satan trying to bring into your life. And we need to give God his praise. We need to release his praise because I don't know about you. I don't want rocks crying out for me. I don't want something that don't have life cry out for me because for somebody i i'm i'm life i live i live in my life i see what god is doing in my life so i should be obligated to give god praise for what he's done in my life and jesus basically saying i'm gonna give some praise today <laughs> this praise is gonna come today you can they can stop but the stone's gonna cry out and they say, you need to tell your people to stop. Tell your people to stop. Tell them, no, they're not going to stop. That's right. They're not going to stop. And on this day, Palm Sunday 2022, we should be willing and obligated to give God the praise that he deserves. Yes. Give God the praise that he deserves. Because on this day, his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, Everybody, he's getting all the praise, all the love that he well deserves as our Messiah, as the King of kings, the Lord of Lords. He's coming into Jerusalem to endure the cross to take on the kingdom. And they're remembering. And if they can remember what they've seen, we should be remembering what God has done for us and what we've seen. You've seen God work miracles in other people's lives. You've seen God work miracles with your own eyes. You've seen how he made a way for somebody out of nowhere. And you're like, he could do it for them, he can do it for me. If he can help them out, he can help me out. If he can fix their finances, he can fix my finances. Because they was broke, broke. I was just broke. He could fix me up. (laughs) But are you willing to put to death what needs to be put to death in order to receive what God wants to bring into your life? Somebody say, can't stop, won't stop. And that's it for today. That's it. That's it.